Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, listeners. This is a catch-up podcast for the benefit of people who haven't listened to Underwood and Flinch Season 3 since it finished last year and so may well have completely forgotten what's been happening. However, uh, I didn't want to include this sort of catch-up stuff uh, at the start of Episode 1 of Season 4 because in future, people will just be coming, you know, to Season 4 straight from Season 3 and they won't need a catch-up. So everything I'm about to say will just be, you know, a pointless obstacle between the listener and the story they want to get to. Okay, so for the benefit of of we people living in the present uh, rather than the future, let's just go back over the stuff from season three and indeed before season three that you need to be reminded of before beginning season four. First, the ending of Underwood and Flinch book slash season one. Underwood takes the wounded Lydia up onto the rooftop of the nightclub La Fantasia as the sun is rising. Up on that rooftop later on, David finds ashes blowing around in the breeze and the burnt debris of Underwood and Lydia's clothing, though he muses to himself how little ash there is, considering that two people have just apparently been incinerated. Then we go forward to season two, Blood and Smoke, in which David gets out of jail, having been locked up as the only survivor of, and therefore the only suspect in, the shootout that took place at the nightclub at the end of Underwood and Flinch 1. David then goes back to Casa Underwood, the family home, there to find all of Underwood's things have gone. Something the local sect lawyer, Ildefonso Hernandez, explains is a proviso of Underwood's last will and testament. The things are to be shipped to a home of Underwood's in London. After this, David discovers and listens to a number of old recordings made by Underwood and Arthur Flinch during the London Blitz in 1940. He hears Underwood's continued origin adventure in the Caribbean of 1719, but he also learns something about Underwood's vampire bride in 1940, when the recordings were being made. Her name was Rose. She was a German singer who, by the end of Blood and Smoke, season two, ends up singing to Londoners in the Aldwych underground station uh, air raid shelter which was adjacent to the house where Underwood was living at the time. Then, at the end of that season, season two, David received a call from his girlfriend, Lisa, saying that she was being held by two men at his flat and that David has to return home or they will kill her. Season three then began. I started it with the short story, Disturbing the Devil, in which Underwood was being hunted through the Victorian Underground Railway by a shadowy group who called themselves the Malleus, members of which were a ring bearing a hammer symbol. Then in season three, the novel Underground began, suitably enough, with chapter one, in which David returns to Brighton and finds Lisa tied to a chair, 
she's been turned into a vampire. They fight, and she is burned to death as he pulls open the curtains on the sunshine outside. Chapter 2 David, now having a charred corpse in his flat, calls Underwood's London lawyers, Daventry and West, and they dispatch a small clean-up crew to take care of Lisa and Elizabeth Daventry, daughter of one of the partners, to bring David to London. Chapter 3 Detective Inspector Claire Redmond of the Metropolitan Police and her partner, Detective Sergeant Larry Beck, are called to the scene of a murder in Camden, London. The body of a woman has been found dumped in a skip, that's a dumpster in America, with certain wounds that cause Inspector Redmond to privately suspect that a vampire may have been the culprit. Chapter 4 Elizabeth Daventry brings David to the Daventry and West offices in London, where he meets the partners, and tells them everything that happened, both in Spain and of the events that have brought him back to England, ending in Lisa's death. He says he suspects Underwood, since of course Underwood is the only vampire David knows. But Daventry and West inform him there are others, and some of them are on their client list, though they assure David that none of these vampires would ever hurt him. And as for Underwood, well, even if he were alive, he would never hurt David. Why would he? David was his loyal friend and guardian. It makes absolutely no sense. Now, David doesn't know what to think. Daventry and West say he doesn't need to worry about it because he has to get back to Spain, since, of course, he's not supposed to have left the country uh, because of his role in the events at the nightclub shootout. He's like, you know, the only suspect, and so police don't want him to leave the country. But David says he doesn't want to. He wants to stay in the UK and get to the bottom of who killed Lisa. So Daventry and West drug him and tell him that he is, like it or not, going back to Spain. Chapter 5. Damo Sullivan, someone that we hadn't seen since season 1, the former bouncer and barman at Keith and Michelle Mullins' pub, Lorena de Corazones, wakes up in a mortuary fridge locker to find that he has become a vampire. He recalls how Lydia fed on him at the end of season 1 and concludes, and concludes that she must have made him a vampire when she bit him. He escapes the fridge kills a hospital orderly for food, then flees back to his girlfriend Angie's house in Almacena. Chapter 6 Damo arrives at Angie's house. He sleeps the day away and then heads out to Casa Underwood where he was briefly with David towards the climax of season 1. He hopes to find David or Underwood, but instead he finds a removals truck and learns on fascinating the boss of the removals men that Underwood stuff is being transported to London. But why? The chapter ends with Damo having killed Ange in a feeding accident, heading back to London to track down Underwood and Flinch. Damo arrives back in London. After a night in a hotel, he goes to see a priest in the hope that he can perform some kind of exorcism on him to purge him of the curse of vampirism. However, things don't go well, especially for the priest, who Damo kills. Chapter 8 Detectives Claire Redmond and Larry Beck are at a coffee shop not far from the scene of the first murder, and Claire explains how she came to the perhaps fantastical notion that a vampire may have been involved in the murder of the girl in the skip. She tells how she believes her father, a detective in the Metropolitan Police back in the 70s and 80s, 
may have been working for a secret department called the OCU, Occult Crimes Unit, who investigated, she believes, amongst other things, vampires. Her father died in a mental hospital when she was just a kid, and Claire now wears his ring around her neck. She shows Larry. It's a silver ring with a symbol of a hammer on it. Yes, that's the same ring as the vampire hunters were wearing in Disturbing the Devil, you see. But anyway, Claire and Larry are then called to the scene of a second murder. Chapter 9. Damo is trying to sleep the day away on an underground train when he notices an unusual woman observing him. She seems weird, attractive features, but kind of unwashed. He figures she's probably a crazy homeless woman and goes back to sleep. He later awakes to find himself and the woman alone on the empty train parked in a tunnel. The woman, who has a rat in her pocket she calls Oddfellow, says she knows he is a vampire. He asks how, why, who is she? And she tells him her name is Lady Rosamond Underwood. And yes, that is Rose Underwood from Season 2, Blood and Smoke. Chapter 10 Damo and Rose become better acquainted. She confirms that she was Underwood's wife, but she believes he was dead, having been reported to her as missing an action back in World War II. Damo then tells her how he met Underwood not long ago in Spain, alive and well. Then they see the newspaper headlines, how a vampire slaying has taken place in London, the Skip murder. Rose is cross with Damo, believing it had to be his handiwork, though he protests it wasn't. Regardless, she decides to take him under her wing. Using a taxi driver, she shows him how to feed on a human without killing them, and then she brings him home. Chapter 11 Detectives Redmond and Beck are called to the scene of the second murder, which is the, you know, the murder of the priest that Damo did the night before. However, no sooner have they arrived than they are taken off both cases by their boss, Detective Chief Superintendent Charles Coleridge, a friend of Claire's late father and her godfather. Claire's replacement on these cases is Detective Chief Inspector Guy Valentine. Valentine claims that both victims match certain methodology traits of a serial killer he and his team at Falconbridge Police Station have been investigating for some time. Before she and Larry go, Claire notices a silver ring on the third finger of Valentine's right hand. As she leaves, she is briefly accosted by a tabloid journalist, Ronnie Bishop. Claire has no time for him, but later... But later, as Bishop is working on his story in a pub, he hacks into Claire's phone and discovers a message from her partner, Larry, in which he talks about Claire's vampire suspicions. And thus, Ronnie coins the name the London Vampire for the killer. And the story he writes is the one that Damo and Rose saw in the newspaper in the underground. Chapter 12 Rose brings Damo to her home in the basement of the building adjacent to Aldwych Station. They enter the basement level and then travel deeper underground via a secret elevator which connects Rose's uh, accommodation to a secret passage leading to Aldwych Station below. When they enter Rose's apartment, Damo is privately horrified at how dirty it all is. There are rat turds everywhere 
and soon Damo finds out why, as it is revealed that Rose's rat, Oddfellow, isn't one, but hundreds of rats that come to her summons, and as she lets them run all over her, Damo wonders if maybe his first impressions, that she was somewhat mad, perhaps weren't that far from the truth. Chapter 13 Claire Redmond, no longer on the London vampire case, gets a call from a frightened young woman called Jessie, who claims to have been with the Skip murder victim when she was taken by the murderer, and now she fears she will be next. Claire tests her, asking if the victim had any identifying marks on her body, and Jessie correctly identifies a tattoo that Claire had seen on the corpse. Jessie says she will only speak to Claire, so... Claire goes to meet her at a pub hotel in Whitechapel and is there approached by a middle-aged woman who claims to be Jessie's mother. She says she needs to confirm that Claire is alone and once she is satisfied that she is, she takes her up to her daughter's room and it is then revealed that Jessie's mother is, in fact, Cynthia Benson and that Jessie is Lydia Flinch. And so, that brings us up to date already to dive into season four of Underwood and Flinch. And I will see you there, hopefully, in a few moments. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 